Blog Talk Radio. signal to welcome everybody. Hi, everybody. It's Anne. Uh, this is Anne DeHart. Um, I'm uh, kind of filling in here, uh, helping Catherine on this call as she uh, facilitates our conversations with Mother, Father, God. Uh, Reginald will be with us tonight. St. Germain will be with us tonight. And our dear Jesus Sananda. So we have a full uh, agenda here. And uh, for those of you that are new to the call, Dr. Catherine May um, is actually a practicing clinical psychologist. She has been for more than 35 years in New York City and in the Hudson Valley area. So she's quite well known uh, in that regard, and uh, particularly because of a technique that she studied and perfected 40 years ago. And uh, she was the only one that was fully trained on this technique before the master passed on that developed it. And uh, we'll we'll hear more maybe from Catherine about that because uh, we can learn that in um, her book, Who Needs Light? And uh, Catherine's website is whoneedslight.com. So... Uh, who needs like dot org? <laughs> oh, 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 I oh, am. Oh. <laughs> Who is that? Where am I? Okay. <laughs> Keep an eye on me. Three oh, hours sleep, but I. <laughs> oh no, not again. Probably you too. Um, uh, I, I went on automatic for a minute. <laughs> but uh, yes, the website for Dr. May is who needs dot org. O R G. And uh, there you can see the whole history of how this uh, incredible communication evolved. Uh, go to the tab at the top of her website. Um, it says Channeled Info. And uh, that's what I did. And uh, once I clicked that, I my whole life changed. I had a chance to start seeing how this all unfolded for Dr. May, uh, how the saga continued, and how we arrived where we are today. So you'll love it. Uh, also, um, I'm going to let Phyllis tell you a little bit about the book. Uh, Phyllis is the co-host on uh, Dr. May's healing group calls, and uh, Dr. May has been instructed to give her books away she had uh, she had a large inventory, but it's just about depleted, and uh, she bought them, but she's giving them away. And uh, Phyllis, how is it going on that? Let me open your line. Maybe you can speak. Just a second. <laughs> Hi, Anne. Hi, everybody. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> Hi, Phyllis. 
<laughs> I understand that since Catherine was asked to give away her books, the yeah. requests are just pouring in. And what I would like to ask for now is, although she's been getting donations from very generous donations from listeners, oh, I would let like me to interrupt ask, you and thank a few of them. I want right. to start thanking the people that um, Gunta sent a fabulous donation. And Bill and Teresa also, very generous donations. And I will be um, bringing the thanks for other people who've donated as well. But I just wanted to thank those um, who actually sent me a note and said, you know, please buy more books. (laughs) And it was was a complete surprise. We had never asked anybody to contribute. They just figured it out that if I was giving away my books, I'd Mm. need to buy more. (laughs) Well, very sweet. Now, I I would like to ask for more, and Catherine's a little (laughs) shy about this, but... (laughs) Um, Catherine needs to print more books and to be able to get them out, especially to those who can't at this time afford to pay for them. And the only cost for a book is an $8 shipping fee, and this just covers shipping and handling. So I would like to request anyone who uh, feels that they can help in this area, that would be wonderful. I also have a couple of more requests, Anne. May I continue? Oh, yes. Goodbye. Okay. As uh-huh. as uh, as you just uh, stated, I am working with Catherine. I'm honored to be working on the healing with Catherine. We have over 600 requests, 600 requests for healing, and more come in each day. And Catherine refuses to close the list to leave anyone without a healing. So what we need now is help to get this urgent project done. So I'm asking for one or maybe two volunteers who enjoy doing detail work because it can be rather tedious to put all this together. And um, if, if anyone has some time and can help us, I'll give my email address, or you can contact Catherine or even Anne. And one more thing, one last more thing. We also need, for this project, we need a printer. So if anyone out there has a printer that they can donate, that would really be appreciated. Now, do they have to have any particular, do they have to know how to run a computer? Um, No. Well, no, they just need to enjoy working with details. And, oh, no. and to do as the, Catherine to do the email. As Catherine showed as Catherine showed me, I can show them. We can work together and get this done because we're so far behind, just the two of us. We're not able to catch up. It's really well, tedious. Let me let me explain a little bit about what we're doing. <coughs> Excuse me. Um we have as as a lot of people know when they went in to register, some of the people are probably on the line tonight. Um they they register their name and well, hopefully their whole name with their last name as well. I should have asked for that because it turns out we have lots of Daves and lots of Susans and it's a little hard to keep track. <laughs> like and Gloria have, in New York City. <laughs> yeah, right. And we have to go through and read the entire thing and list it according to uh, we start with the date that people signed in, and then we have to read the note that they've written and then sort them according to their diagnosis and what kind of healing they want. 
and we're going to put them into groups. But it takes a surprisingly long time to do that. And then to organize those and put them into another email list so that we can send it out to tell people that they're on deck to have a healing. So we spent about 10 hours today between the two of us, and we didn't get very far. <laughs> so, <laughs> How about yesterday? Add yesterday yes, to that. <laughs> and yesterday, too. So I need to get back to take, getting messages from Sananda instead of sorting through email. Yes, yes, yes. You, so we you're doing clerical work, and, and you are our lifeline to the cosmos. So. <laughs> Well, I'm sure there's people that are just looking for um, an opportunity uh, to be of service. And, um, Phyllis, how will they get in touch with you? Well, my email address is P, as in Paul, Livig, L-I-V-I-N-G, F-L, at yahoo.com. I'm going to repeat that. P, like Peter, and then uh, her last name is Livingston, but it's L-I-V-I-N-G-F. S L No F is in Frank, L is in Larry. F L okay. There you go. L I V I N G F L at Yahoo dot com. Okay, okay. And Thank you, Anne. Yes. Well we're we're gonna get you know, it's just like my Hollow Earth Network. Started out with six of us and uh we have topped over four thousand opt in subscribers to our newsletter, let alone three to six thousand hits a day uh between the hollow earth network dot com and uh earth ascends dot com um people are finding us as they are you catherine uh, there's mm-hmm. been over six thousand uh, people that have listened to that momentous November 20, uh, November, I always think November for some reason, that momentous uh, um, uh, August 22nd call uh, last Thursday. Thursday, yeah, Wednesday we had the preliminary call and Thursday was the call. And I'm even putting a live link from my Saturday call telling them about it and shooing them over so they can hear that uh, incredible call so people are uh they want this they're coming in by the thousands they're um writing me emails saying i've looked and looked and at last i've found i'm home i'm at peace i've found what i've been looking for so we are filling a need and we're very great you know something else um talking about Catherine's book mother god um said in one of the earlier messages that uh, she considers Catherine's book an ascension manual. And uh, if we get to, and I'm sure we will this time, we'll make every effort for questions and answers or comments. And if anyone has uh, something they want to share with the rest of our family who's on the call with us about uh, their experience with Catherine's book, uh, who needs light? Um, hit uh, one on your keypad to raise your hand, and uh, we'll hopefully pick up a couple of comments so people can explain how it is helping them with their ascension. Um, now, with that, Catherine, I I mm-hmm. think uh, it's it's just time to turn it over to you. Um, we kind of bounced around on this, but um, I think we're good here. <laughs> and Phyllis, thank so you. I would I, like. To- hear how people are doing reading the book. Yeah, you know, right. I send them out mm-hmm. into the ether and 
and often don't hear um, mm-hmm. how, how people are using it or how it helps. So uh, that would be lovely for me to know, too. Yeah, and, and again, I remember someone, friend of ours, um, was uh, sharing how much she enjoyed the book. Um, she um, was one who she reads a great deal, and uh, she was kind of acquainting herself by kind of skipping around, see what the book was like. Um, and she just about finished it, but she had done it, you know, um, in whatever fashion, you know, came to her for that day, and she loved it. But that wasn't really um, the intention of the book. And right. so, um, Catherine, as she explained it to me, um, said the book is intended to end one chapter with kind of like a cliffhanger, uh, making you thirsty for the next chapter, um, ready, um, and, and one just dovetails with the next. And so when you do get your books, be sure and just take it in the order that Catherine put it together. And um, is, is that correct, <laughs> yes, Catherine? But, yeah, actually, as I was editing the book, I had quite a lot of help. Mm-hmm. I, I put some of this in the in the story under channeled info. So mm-hmm. while I was writing, it was it was pretty arduous when it got to the end because I was trying to format the chapters and get everything set up, and <clears throat> I would leave my computer and go for dinner and come back and there would be things underlined. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and these little round circles, editing oh. marks of some kind that I'd never seen before. <clears throat> and then and it I wasn't was on your keypad? No. <laughs> I don't know how they made them. <laughs> But there would be whole sections that had these little circles in them. And ah. and I, I realized that there was something they wanted me to change there. So I would go mm-hmm. back and look at it. And and I kept saying, can I leave this out? And they'd say, nope. <laughs> you have to write more. Gee. Oh, Catherine. So, How long did it take you to write this book? Oh, about 20 years. And now you're giving it away. <laughs> That's what I giving did. it away, and and now that I you've given all that you bought, our wonderful <laughs> people are coming together and pitching in and sending more money, so that you can have more books printed. This is when we need them. This is what it's going to do to, uh, as Mother God said, it's an ascension manual, and uh, we need to just take. I'm sure they had a very important reason why they told Catherine to give these books away. Uh, They need to be understood, and they need to be worldwide. And that's where you're shipping them, isn't it, Catherine, worldwide? Yeah, all over over the world. And? And? Yeah. And um, can can our Hen family members send donations to you? Will you help us with that? Oh, yeah. Well, the Hallowerth Network... Um, is is almost married to the Mother Father God Network. Well, I am. I know <laughs> they're right here on the call with us now, right. and uh, so meant, they don't need to. They don't need to send it to me because they're part of Hollow, which we fondly call Hen Hollow Earth Network. 
Um, and of course, I'm the mama, so you know who mother I hen. am. Mother <laughs> hen, you're our mother hen. <laughs> I feel that way. I do. I love them all. I just love them. And uh, but you don't need to send it uh, via me because Catherine has a space right there on her website, and I'll say it right this time. HollowEarthNetwork.org. No, that's Art. yours. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh my gosh! Who's who's putting circles on my screen? Okay, I'll say it right this time. Who needs light? Dot org. <laughs> Who that's right. needs a donation light? Dot org. Uh-huh. I forgot O-R-G. that. I did it right. I finally did. You know, I it's like when people like say, "What's your telephone number?" And you just sort of rattle it out, and it all comes out while you're thinking about something else. <laughs> all right, sisters, I'm going to mute my I'm going to mute myself and enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> oh, Goodbye. I'm okay, sure we we so all much. will. Um, Catherine, what do you want to do now? Well, <clears throat> Mother, Father, God have been a little mysterious this week, so I'm oh. not sure what what I have. I've been kind of rolling along and last night I did a call um with the Freedom Club. Oh. Mhm. So we started at nine and I think we finished at something like twelve thirty in the morning. Mm. So uh, they first we talked and then I channeled um Father God and Saint Germain and they had lots of questions. So oh. I'm not sure what tonight is going to bring. I know that mm-hmm. Mother God would like to speak. Mm-hmm. And they also said that probably Reginald mm-hmm. wants to come and talk with us. Yes. Um, so people who've heard the August 22nd mm-hmm. um, celebration know that, or ceremony, no, yeah. that Reginald was the leader oh. of the reptilian race. He's the one that gathered them all together. He called them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and as um, that was such was, a anybody that has not listened to that August twenty second call on uh, Catherine's blog site, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash channel panel. Um, it's a it's a featured mm-hmm. call. And it is it just takes you into another world. And you know, um Father God was there watching and his son Zarea, rather than being in Father God's body as he is when he trans channeled, was actually standing there side by side with Father they watched it in person while you and Lori um it was like um it, it's it's like uh, commentators when a parade is going by and they're making comments about the floats going by. But yes. this was incredible. But it gave us the picture. We really, you know, I, I can look at it and I can see it all. It gave us the picture in our own minds. Mm, I'm glad. I was. I really wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Reginald was sort of conducting traffic, you know, who was greeting oh. everyone, and and oh. Aurora, and Lori said, you know, he was like the conductor. He was oh. bringing people along and and reassuring them and talking with them, and it was it was just an an amazing amazing event. 
And more Truly. people than you can, or more beings than you can even imagine. Mm. Yeah, it was spectacular. <clears throat> it was, spe- you know, I just, I saw it. I, I mean, I was able to see it through your and Lori's description. Um, it, I, I, I can see it. It just, I, I love thinking about it because it's all recorded. I can look at it again. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. I'm glad mm-hmm. we recorded it. Yeah. Oh yes. So that's uh, that's all I know so far. Um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how things unfold. I think Sir Main, yeah. Saint Germain might come. Um, I'll see who pinches my toe. Alrighty. <laughs> and when you decide you're ready to snuggle down and invite someone to join us, um, we'll give you just a few minutes. Maybe that's what we're well, doing right now. Let's see um, what Mother God mm-hmm. says. Good. So Mother God is coming in, and uh, she will. She's always our first, and uh, she's getting to know all of us so well. We're getting to know her. It's very a personal communication, and uh, I believe Mother God's probably right here, ready to greet us. Mother God. Yes, dear. And how are you? Very good, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm fine. Well, we will just have a little conversation here to bring people up to date and to let people ask some questions, which I'm sure there will be many. We'll leave plenty of time today. There has been so much that's happened in the last week, just the last week. Can you imagine? It's only been one week since this call and everything, the world has changed. The cosmos has changed. Everything has changed. People on planet Earth have yet to understand the full impact of what has actually happened. But already, I know that Catherine is getting emails and I'm sure the rest of you are talking with one another and sharing your stories about how different it feels now that you no longer harbor a dark entity. What a, what a change it will be. And everyone will feel it because there's hardly a family that wasn't affected. Someone in the family, or more than one, often were struggling against a terrible um, weight on them. It had different effects. Sometimes it made people physically ill. Sometimes the entity would change their thinking patterns. That was a very common thing for them to do. To whisper in their ear, so to speak, so that people would find themselves thinking, oh, I, I hate being alive, I wish I were dead, or they would hear, you should be dead. There were so many who were depressed or terribly anxious. You know in recent years how many antidepressants have been prescribed to people. Well, now you know why. 
it was not just that the drug companies were promoting their wares and they had something to sell and wanted everybody to take it, although that was certainly part of it. But there were so many people who just couldn't understand why they felt depressed. And often they would say, you know, there's nothing really wrong with my life. It's not that bad. Why can't I get out of this terrible depression? But it would go on and on, and they couldn't seem to make it better no matter what they did. So now they know, or they will know soon. But many of you have the information sooner than others, and you will recover faster because of it. Because once you know that the darkness has lifted and that you're not going to have to struggle against it for the rest of your life, then you will just naturally begin to feel better like a a great a piano has been lifted off your chest or a great stone that has been pressing on you has been lifted. And we're very happy about that. We also want to thank you, all of you, our dear children, for the sacrifice that you made. I have said this before on other calls, but I I think it bears repeating. You are precious to us. You are so courageous. And it has had a tremendous effect on this this time period, this generation. It was really three or four generations of people who have been harboring the reptilians in order to help them raise their consciousness, although they were not, of course, were not aware that that's what it was for or that's why it was happening. They were they were convinced that this would be their final blow in taking over the earth. They were convinced that they were stronger than you are and that they were stronger than we are. They did not want to have to be beholden to anyone. They didn't want to have to love us. Well, it was a shame. We don't think we're that hard to love. But they did have a dif- have difficulty managing their feelings. And that's why they started this terrible program where they turned off their DNA in such a way that they would not love. They would not have a connection from their in their heart, what you call your heart mind, they didn't possess. They had only the mind to work with. And this is why we encouraged Catherine to write her book, because it's about that. It's about what happens to a person, a human being, when they live in their heart, in their mind only, rather than connecting their heart with their mind. And that's what you fondly call your heart mind. There is another way of looking at it as well. 
when you connect your heart and mind to your higher self, that's what Catherine called your body soul. You live, your soul lives in this body for now, this part of your soul that is here to represent you. You need all of those connections and you need them to be strong. You need to be connected with your higher self every day, every moment, because that gives you strength, it gives you wisdom, it gives you peace. In your higher self, you are all the things that you want to be. You're compassionate, you're kind, you're creative, You're very intelligent. You have a perspective that is far greater than the one that you can have in this three-dimensional body on this plane because, of course, your higher self is in a higher dimension. And once you raise yourself to that higher dimension, you can see forever. Not only that, but you also have access to wonderful things. You can go to read the Akashic Record anytime you want. You can go to the wonderful library in Hollow Earth where all of the history of the entire cosmos is kept. Can you imagine... Spending a day where you can learn about everything that has ever happened. Those of you who are especially curious would be like, as you say, a kid in the candy store, wouldn't you? There are wonders ahead of you. Things you can you cannot even imagine. But some of you are already, most of you on this call, I believe, are already beginning to have something like what you would call flashbacks, moments of, oh, that seems familiar. Do I remember something about traveling in a ship? Do I remember being on the ships, being with family members? that are gone now? Do I remember strange and wonderful landscapes? In your dreams, you remember? In your subconscious mind, you remember? And soon you will be able to experience all those things and how exciting it will be. But those of you who are learning to meditate and to go deeply into your unconscious mind. You can travel. You can take yourself to all kinds of places. I recommend that when you meditate, you ask for a guide. In fact, I will ask Catherine to prepare a meditation for you so that you can learn to 
to go and visit your friends, the Arcturians. They would be delighted because they have been working so hard to help all of you. They are marvelous healers, you know. They come to the healing groups faithfully. They love being there. They have their beautiful equipment. They have their gentle and so effective techniques. They understand the way human bodies work because they have studied. They are very curious about the ways in which you're a little different from them. They're also they're very curious about your heart-mind connection. It is rather wondrous to them. And there is a reason for that. You are wondrous to many of the races from the from our galaxy, from other galaxies, other star systems because you have this very unique Excuse me. You have this very unique combination of a powerful intelligence. <laughs> the channel is sneezing. <laughs> I think she's finished. <laughs> Catherine seems to have some dust in her room. <laughs> All right. I was describing the, the Arcturians and how they have learned about you. And it's very interesting for you to hear what other people think of you, isn't it? They think you're very wondrous because you have this special connection between your heart and your mind that is similar to them, but you have more connections, you might say. You have a wider range of feeling, uh, a greater, mm, what could we call it, a greater reach in your ability to imagine you know, you have been um, the product of many races and other other races who contributed to your DNA. And yes, you do have some of the reptilian DNA. It is the part that gives you some trouble sometimes. But it would not be the kind of trouble it has been if it hadn't been for the reptilians themselves being here, the ones who had so recklessly played with their own DNA. Well, that is done. Because of you, they were able to raise their vibration. It wasn't deliberate, but they couldn't help it. Because living inside a human is quite an experience. And the ones who had chosen to, you know, be willing to come here and be and carry the 
presence of a dark entity, a reptilian especially, it took great courage. It was an enormous sacrifice. We honor you for that. And once more, wish to express our gratitude. You saved almost a million of our children. You know how we care about you, and we cared about them, even though they had gone astray, even though they had done something terribly reckless and destructive. It hurt us to see them hurting you. You can imagine watching as they step by step methodically marched into taking over the planet. It was not a pretty sight. The hardest part was watching how humankind was so deeply affected by the concepts they were teaching, the propaganda they were promoting, the destructive ideas that became so pervasive in your culture. It was truly a dark time. And yet, you know, you are so flexible and so resilient. You were not even really aware, except for your basic difficulties in your lives and some struggles you were having, but you were not really aware that this was, planet Earth, was the darkest place in the universe. It was the place that people talked about as behind the shadow. They saw it as a a place of trial and tribulation. And yet, those who studied the Bible said, well, We can't be time for Sananda to come yet because we haven't yet had the trials and tribulations. Well, if those weren't trials and tribulations, I can't imagine what would be. People suffered, of course, here in your United States and Canada and parts of South America and Europe and parts of Asia. It was fairly comfortable living but there were many many who suffered many who lived in poverty and want many who were hungry and you know that wasn't an accident there has been abundance on your planet it would have been fairly easy to make sure that everyone had enough to eat and to make sure that everyone had comfortable and beautiful housing, not cinder block huts or hovels made of cardboard and tin. It would not have been difficult if things had been shared, if people helped each other. Think, the wonderful organization you call 
Habitat for Humanity. It began as a small group of people wanting to do something valuable. And what a concept. Isn't that how it should be? A house should be a product of many people helping, a community helping, and then you move on to the next one. This is what they used to do in the in what you called the frontier. No one built their house all by themselves. And they didn't hire a, a huge team to do it either. The community would come together and they would help each other. And one by one, people's houses would be built. Their barns were built. And the family would have the wonderful memories of their friends helping them. People would carve their initials in the beams as their contribution to greeting the family or welcoming them to their new home. You will have a chance to do that again. When things are easier, you won't have to be working all these hours every week. You'll have time to help each other. And then how pleasant life will be. Now, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I did want to thank you all again and help you to learn this perspective of who you really are, how strong you are, how creative and resilient. I think the story about how you didn't even understand that it was dark and that the other, the rest of the world might think of you that way. A lot of you were, you know, by by most standards, wealthy. But still, it was a dark time in your country because especially in the United States and in Europe, the reptilians had a firm hold on all the all the structures, all the government institutions, all were controlled by what you called the Illuminati. We call them the Naughties because it's important not to aggrandize what they did. It was simply darkness, destructive behavior, to no end except to make trouble for others in order to feel powerful. They loved feeling powerful. It is quite an affliction, isn't it, that they could have pursued this agenda with such passion and glee? Well, no more. We mourn their loss. We mourn their foolishness. We mourn that they couldn't have been more patient, that they didn't learn to manage themselves. Their brothers and sisters who remained 
in the Orion star system have been very successful at learning to manage themselves. They are powerful, creative beings. The ones who remained as they were created, they have evolved. Well, of course, their brothers and sisters who decided not to remain as they had been did not evolve at all, didn't ascend, didn't grow, didn't learn anything really, nothing of importance. They created some fancy technologies. They were proud of their technology. But what is it worth? if you don't have love. And they had no love, not for themselves, not for each other, not for us, and certainly not for you. In some ways, we're sorry that you had to suffer this, but of course, you were the ones who volunteered for this difficult assignment And you are the ones who came through with such glory. It was truly a triumph of human strength. And we want you to know that you are heroes, one and all, because you held on. And that is not a small feat. You held on. Your determination and what you'd call your grit is truly admirable. Well, that's what we want you to know, dear ones, that we honor you and we love you. We love your determination. We love your spunk. We love your fire. You are passionate. You are creative. You have great integrity. Once you're out from under these dark ones, this will this will truly be seen. <clears throat> And you will find that you're entering the new golden age with a new sense of freedom and lightness and no regrets. Mm. And now I will turn this back to our dear Anne and then we will see I believe Reginald would like to come through. And we will um, give our Catherine a moment to sip her tea. She has been talking a great deal. She was up very late last night talking for hours, and I think her voice is tired. Oh. So let's give her a moment. Yes. Well, yes, dear, you can... You can speak for a moment, and I will let Catherine come back and have her tea. Yes, yes, she needs that. It's been a long day.
And farewell, everyone. This is Mother God. Namaste. Thank you. And as Mother God just said, uh, when Catherine returns, she's going to be wanting to sip her tea. I'm sure it's gotten cold by now, but it'll uh, soothe her throat with all the talking that she did um, through yesterday and today. And um, she has quite a bit before her uh, this evening as well. So we'll give her a little time to just kind of soothe herself. Uh, enjoy, yeah, enjoy your tea, Catherine, and and uh, just um, don't rush yourself. So mm, we'll just let you. That's fine. Yeah. I I think I just I I'm not used to talking for hours on end. <laughs> well. We keep you pretty busy on these calls. <laughs> I would say you talk for... <laughs> but you were talking all last night after the Freedom Club call. Is that it? Yes. Well, during it, it lasted way into the wee hours. So it was very Well, do you want to tell us anything about that? You you piqued sure. people's curiosity. Yes, they record their calls, too. Um <clears throat> it's a very interesting group, of course. The mm-hmm. the Freedom Club has um, followed the direction of Saint Germain and his intentions, and and they realized that they that that's what they were doing. They have many people there who who um, read the writings of Saint Germain and have followed his teachings mm-hmm. and are aware of the prosperity funds and they're aware of the fact that the United States and of course Canada as well have gone astray from what was intended to be the democracy that our founding fathers of course there were no mothers as we know Uh (laughs) never thought of that (laughs) I'll think of it every time I hear them say founding, founding fathers now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was not a perfect beginning, but it was a beginning. But in the meantime, the um, the reptilians made such inroads that it, it was not very long before the United States was simply a flourishing corporation. And, you know, the money systems were designed to funnel off enormous uh, amounts to the 13 families, as we call them. And this is, the Freedom Club is well aware of all this, and they have spent, I should really, um, I'm not sure how long they've been working on this, but it's been years. And there are some lovely people there who have worked very hard to do the research and to truly understand the background and the history, the hidden history about how our country developed. And they are very expert at um, finding ways to um, approach this in such a way that they can um, help people 
to get the money back that was stolen from them, while also making inroads into the structure itself. And they've been very clever about that by dispensing huge amounts of information. I mean, their their website and their organization itself is just a, a treasure trove of of detailed and important information about the history of the legal system and the history of the banking system mm. and and their approach to finding ways around it, basically. What is their website, uh, Catherine? It's called Freedom Club USA. Okay. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's dot com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay. that's a very. I hope I described it mm-hmm. accurately. It's um, yeah. There, they were inspired really to mm-hmm. try to find a way to help people to get out from under the financial slavery, and that has been their mission. And they've done a very good job at it. They've they've mm-hmm. managed to find a way to. Uh, help people to get their money back from, for instance, from the mortgages that they've paid, from the car loans that they've paid, because Mm -hmm. loans were all illegally written by banks who were taking the money out of the account that has your birth certificate number on it and is being held in your name. We all have uh, an account in our names because... Our birth certificates have been used as collateral for all of the loans that are written Mm. within the United States. This is true, I believe, in Canada and probably also in England because we are still operating under British law. And we are basically still owned by England, and England is owned by the Vatican. <laughs> oh, and boy. they have been unraveling this whole uh, structure for years. They've been studying this and have found mm-hmm. the loopholes and the, the paper trails mm-hmm. and are learning how to help people get their money back. Mm. So... Are they supposed to be releasing money uh, like on the 30th of August? Do you know anything about that? Yes, Mm -hmm. they are. And the reason they're doing it, because they've been been, uh, writing these. They're not not doing lawsuits. They they write um, complaints and directives and claims. Mm Mm-hmm. And... They have held off of taking the payouts from these until October 30th because of the papal decree. When the Pope said there will be no more immunity for anybody who has had any um, connection to the Holy See, they will no longer have immunity. They can be prosecuted. They can be arrested and prosecuted. 
for Crimes Against Humanity. Mm. So it was written very carefully in Mm. order to make it possible for this to be applied very broadly. And as it turns out, it's not just about the Vatican. They've taken this apart, and they have a they have it on their website. I believe that's um, what Tom said. He, the the director, mm-hmm. um, they took the papal decree and really explained it. And I'm sure you'll be able to find it on their website. Oh, okay. What they did was explain how it's not just about the Vatican, because immediately after that came out. What did we hear? Ben Bernanke resigned as of <laughs> September 1st. Ah, Janet, magic date. Huh? Magic September date. Yeah. Janet Napolitano, the head of Homeland Security, the, the institution that was completely uh, infiltrated by the cabal, run yeah. by the cabal. Um, there was another um, high-level... Well, of course, the the head of the Vatican Bank has been arrested mm-hmm. um, for, I don't know, extortion or fraud. <laughs> Who was the one Criminal. that was caught trying to leave Switzerland and he was, that was carrying the head of the Vatican Bank? In cash, billions of dollars on his person in cash? Yeah. That was him? Yes. Oh, the head of the Vatican Bank. Oh. And he went directly to jail. He didn't stop. He right. just went directly to <laughs> So there are there are resignations ah. coming through all the time. Lots of them. All these people who are all of a sudden, oh, I uh-huh. don't think I want to be involved in this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to see more, too. And they had immunity, and that immunity, I know we had somebody asking on one of our other calls uh, mm-hmm. that she felt that that immunity extended, uh, as you said, from Vatican to England, from England to us, to all corporations, uh, that it gave immunity that they could they could do unto us what they wouldn't do to themselves, and nobody could return <laughs> the favor. Well, you know, after... After that question, I I didn't turn it over to Father God or whoever uh-huh. was here that day. Um, but you know, when you approach a little town, USA, mm-hmm. you're driving into mm-hmm. the town and it says Smithville Incorporated. Yeah, 1942. Okay, um, you know uh, uh-huh. Valley Incorporated, 1865. So, oh my! Uh-huh. All of our towns are corporations. Oh yeah. And it specifically said in the decree that any corporations, anyone who works yeah, I saw that yeah yeah. So apparently, it does cover uh-huh. everything in the country through Admiralty law that is still in effect right now. Yes. Oh, boy. So anyone who's in a position of power and has been doing some kind of hanky-panky with the money or the 
power that they held yeah. are going to be in trouble. They can't do it anymore without being responsible personally for it. That's right. They have to take personal responsibility and lay their personal. own life on the line, like the yes. rest of us. <laughs> exactly. So it is tremendously far-reaching when you think about it. Uh-huh. The, the incorporation has always protected people from yeah. being sued personally. That's why a lot of these agents uh, that tried to take people's money uh, and give it to the corporation known as the Federal Reserve, their tax money doesn't go into the U.S. Treasury at all, never enters the U.S. Treasury. Um, but um, they they cannot be held personally responsible they can run rampant and do all kinds of things, which we know they have done, but they have immunity. But that immunity will now be gone. Yes, starting September 1st. Wow. <laughs> Boy, big ramifications. Big, yes. And it's only just being understood i think at least we're just just beginning to understand it but i think this is what the freedom club has been trying to help people with bless their hearts so i think we just kind of figured it out between us here that that it really has much more far-reaching implications Uh than than it seemed when it first came out well um we're going to see i think september is going to be and a very eventful month in many ways. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go help my little dog. <laughs> oh, Jay always has to get in on the calls. It seems to be the time of night when he just needs oh. a little help. I'll be right back. Okay, we'll just stand by. Okay. This was interesting. This was really interesting. And... uh I think a lot of us will want to go back, and Catherine is so well-learned in all of this. You can see that she's been following it carefully, and, of course, it it is an extension of St. Germain's original intentions uh, when when all of this began. In fact, I just read in one of our messages that I, I, I post messages, and I can't remember where it was said, but... Um, that we are now, just now, coming to experience the fulfillment of what our founding fathers, as Catherine said, there was no founding mothers, <laughs> but 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 the fulfillment of their intentions is just coming about now. Now. Some of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I read that in one of the posts of... I just recently, I think it was Sheldon's or Ashtar's, it's probably Sheldon's. Yeah, it's finally coming to fruition after all this time. Well, we hope Catherine, so. you and are very better. well read in all of this. Thank you for all your information. We uh, that That is good information that uh, applies today, and I'm sure we're all grateful that you took time with your poor, tired voice to talk some more <laughs> and tell us. <laughs> How's your throat feel? It's better. Um, I I have always been very interested in American history. Mm, I, I wonder why. My, 
because they have a very mild and pleasant manner about them. And they were very comforting to those who were frightened. You know, they are used to the philosophy that has been promoted over the years that um, they could expect to be punished, that they could expect to, if they were to go back, to be judged by Mother, Father, God, they could expect to be sent to hell because that was what they what they believed. It was what we all believed. I must say, I was one. I was one who taught that. I was one who believed it. We were taught from birth to believe that Lucifer was our leader, a mysterious and clever, cold and conniving, powerful being like us. That's what we were taught. And we believed it because we saw those around us behaving that way, being cold and powerful. It was our our fondest wish to achieve that in our lives, to be the most powerful. It has filtered down into your culture, as you've said. It has affected the thinking. I can now see. I now understand that it was our teaching that has created so much pain. It has encouraged the wars. Of course, we were playing both sides. We were instigating, creating, we thought of it, creating wars. It was a pleasure. Like a board game, you might say. We would stir up trouble in local areas and then convince people that it was the other side who had done it. And we would cleverly play both sides. And then we would cleverly build the machinery and the weaponry and sell it to both sides. There has not been a war on this planet that we didn't instigate in some form or another. And if there wasn't a war going on, we could start one. It's not very hard if you have access to the media, to, of course, earlier it was newspapers, it was spreading rumors in the government. And then, little by little, we found our members being elected because, of course, they had great resources. There was no problem getting plenty of money 
and it was not considered um, untoward to spread the money around, as you might say. A little bribery, a little um, sweetening of the pot. We were especially fond of convincing people like judges and people in the parliaments and the Congress and so on to pass laws that would be favorable to our hmm, our profit, you might say. So all you need to do, you know, is to start a corporation, create some product, and then get your congressman to pass all kinds of favorable laws that will give preference to your company. And then you have plenty of money, of course, because all your friends have been funding it and all the taxes have gone to give you lots of money to start anything you want. We could begin corporations that would do anything we wanted. We could build weaponry that was sophisticated, that was powerful. We could keep some of it for ourselves so that we had the most powerful standing army. And then we could sell it to all all the the ones who considered themselves to be enemies of each other. We made tremendous profit. It was simple. Well, I'm not giving real credit, of course, because it was, uh, I can see now, a silly game. It really was. It was just a silly game. It had no meaning other than just playing at something the way you would play chess. We had no concern for who would be suffering, who would be dying, what families would be weeping because their loved ones had been lost. But humankind, in one way, was very easy to manipulate because they believed that serving in a war was a way of protecting their country from enemies. Little did they know that we had already taken over their government. But people were convinced that being a soldier and protecting your country from invasion is a noble thing to do, and of course it is. But they were not aware that those invaders were not really who they thought they were. It was just a game. It kept people busy so that we could infiltrate and take over all the important places, all the important organizations. 
I was working my way up the ladder, you might say, to be in a position of some power. I actually was having a pretty good time of it. At that time, I was very much one of my kind. I had experienced the kind of upbringing that most of us had, which was to be taught from birth that it was our destiny to take over the world. In our families, we we thought about being the one who was in charge of taking over the world the way your children think about being president. It was simply a normal thing that that's what we aspired to. Our downfall came when there were representatives, and we, as we now know, were people who were working with St. Germain. They infiltrated our ranks, incarnated as humans, and came among those of us who were incarnated as humans and presented us with a very clever plan. Wouldn't we? Wouldn't we be more powerful if we could send all of the minions, all thousands and thousands, millions, really, of our people? We think of ourselves as... We use your term, people, because... We think of ourselves as people as well, not human, but nevertheless comrades. And so we developed the program in which we could infiltrate, possess, you might say, a human body. You will be interested in this, I imagine, because many of you were the targets of our program. We chose light workers first because, of course, you were the ones who were the greatest threat. We needed to find a way to control you. So we had a very sophisticated program to train our minions, our troops. They were proud of the work they did. They had long training learning how to take possession of a body and try in every way they could to do the very thing that their their leaders directed them to do which would be most effective in slowing down or defeating the one that they were to possess an interesting concept isn't it possession it was exactly what we were supposed to do 
possess you. Well, I was in that program myself in the beginning, and I agreed very, uh, probably very pompously, to be one who would take part in it. I could not ask my troops to do something that I would not do. And so I ventured to um, do my part. And I am prepared now to acknowledge that it was Catherine I inhabited for some time. She was not aware, but I did make life miserable for her. I was able to undermine her health, to deplete her energy. I was not able to change her thinking to any large degree, although I did manage to make her feel very discouraged. When her health was not good, I was able to drain her energy to some extent. But she had an effect on me as well. I was not able to defeat her. It was a great puzzle to me. I saw my others. You know, we can leave and come back and leave. I would go to our meetings, and I heard others complaining of the same things. These humans are difficult. They keep bouncing back. You um, siphon off their nutrition. They find a way to restore themselves. You fill their minds with dark thoughts. They find a way to ignore it. I did manage to injure her back. She spent a year lying on her back. And still, it did not change her for the worse. In fact, she learned to meditate. That was very disturbing to me because it had a powerful effect on me. And there were others who were complaining of the same things. People are learning to take themselves away from our influence. They are making contact with other dimensions. They are talking with God. This cannot be permitted. We must find a way to distract them. We will make them anxious. Depression didn't work. Not for many. We will work on generating adrenaline. That was a clever ploy. 
it is very difficult on the body to keep um, processing the adrenaline, but we found ways to to create a situation in the human body where people would be um, you could you could call it turned on their engines running at top speed their hearts pounding their their um, various systems of the body completely out of whack like your engine and your car running at full blast <clears throat> it was a very effective technique well, it didn't work either. People learned to exercise. They started doing self-help uh, classes and everybody going to the gym, working on their mood, their uh, their physique, their their energy. It was a powerful antidote for what we were trying to accomplish. Some found the medications that were given to them. They found that it distracted them from what we were doing. All in all, it became a very difficult project for us. We were astonished. We were flummoxed, as you have said. Why was it we could not get these beings to give in? They seem to have endless amounts of, of stamina, of resilience, determination. And the harder we fought, the more they fought back. I can tell you there were long hours of meetings and strategies, strategizing to try to figure out how on earth we were going to conquer these humans who simply refused to give in. It did, of course, slow them down. Many, many would give up on the projects they were working on, the artists would put down their brushes in exhaustion. The musicians would give up writing their music because they couldn't make a living at it. We tried very hard to to turn everyone's attention to the fact that, you know, wealth was more important than anything. It did create hmm, a distraction for some time. But always there were those who refused. Always there were those who would not join us. And as we continued to struggle with our our connections to the humans we were inhabiting we found some of us that we were being profoundly affected by the job we could not talk about it 
we didn't know that others were experiencing the same thing because no one would talk about it. What would you say? I've been feeling these strange feelings. It seems to be coming from my heart. When I look at people, when I look at nature, I feel this strange feeling. What could it be? It alarmed me, I might tell you. I had never experienced anything like that. We were in absolute command. We had no tender feelings. We had no thought of love. It was not even part of our vocabulary. And yet, these odd feelings began to surface. We looked at each other suspiciously. Are they feeling what I'm feeling? What is this? Is this assignment I've accepted doing something to change my brain, my thinking? What is this? But could we talk about it? Of course not. We had no way of knowing what was happening, no way of knowing what to do about it. And we certainly weren't going to say, well, I'm going to give up this job because it's affecting me too much. That would be humiliation. It was impossible. It would be like a soldier putting down his arms and saying, I don't think I feel like fighting anymore. But that is what was happening. And little by little, many of us began to succumb. That's how we thought of it. Although until the end, most never spoke of it. But it was when Lucifer came back. And when he spoke on the radio... It went out throughout the universe on the airwaves. You cannot see how that works, but the the thinking, the speaking, the things that go through the airwaves, your radio, your television, not just yours, but the entire universe is acceptable, is accessible to others, we could listen. And I tell you, there were thousands who heard of this and told thousands more. And suddenly, all 
the reptilian race were aware. Lucifer was a being of light. It was astonishing to us. We had worshipped the one who was dark, the one who was the essence of evil, the power that we believed was stronger than God. And here he was, weeping in public, weeping on the radio, how grateful he was to be home, home with his mother and father God. We were scandalized, astonished, horrified, stunned. Nothing made any sense now. Nothing seemed right. Could it be we were wrong? Could it be we were tricked? Could it be we understood all of it wrongly? I can tell you the experience of feeling your brain recalibrating at the speed of light, reorganizing everything you know, everything you believed in, all of it, all of it, gone. And it was gone because we felt what he felt. We knew what he had experienced because we had been the cause of it. But we felt his pain. We felt his regrets. And we felt his love. And I can tell you from my own experience, it was certainly a mixed feeling. First, I was horrified. These powerful feelings, this cannot be. I reject this. I am a reptilian. I don't feel these things. But I did. We all did. Those of us who had been in the program to inhabit humans, all of us, found ourselves awakening, changing, and there was nothing we could do about it. It was overwhelming. But when I started to listen, I heard Lucifer. I heard his first introduction where he wept with joy at being home where he heard the welcome 
he heard Mother and Father God say he was a hero. Then we listened. We heard him talk about his life, what he had done while he'd been here on planet Earth. We had no idea. He had not been our leader. He was your leader. What a horrifying thing to find out. But we couldn't help but admire him. He was the most powerful beacon of light. And when he joined with his twin flame to create the beacon to draw in all the reptilian race, it was like a tower of light. I was struck. I was struck deep in my heart. I will never forget what I felt that day. I had come to Catherine. I had asked her for what you would call asylum. I wanted to volunteer to help because during that few weeks when we listened we saw those who were joining together were having taking such pleasure such joy in being together in creating something they were greeting each other the archangels in their bodies and the twin flames in the higher dimensions with God all were celebrating all over the planet people making contact with their families with their loved ones who had passed over we never had those experiences Ours was always the same. When our bodies wore out, we would reincarnate, reincarnate again, but it was just a recycling process. It wasn't wasn't what you experienced. And then we began to feel something that we hear you call envy we began to envy you we began to envy your joy your friendship your love and I began to feel those things love I had a child 
I did not want my child to be dissolved, to be taken forever. My child had been part of the program as well and had begun to awaken, was beginning to feel what I was feeling, but I was still afraid. And so I sent my child to be harbored in Catherine's body. She wasn't aware of it because he was very quiet. I instructed him to be very quiet and to wait, to wait until the call came. By the time he was ready to go, he had raised his vibration to a very high level. He was he was a beacon of light himself. He was ready. But still I was afraid. I really didn't know what to expect. We were told that Mother, Father, God would welcome us, but we had never experienced that, and we were afraid. I was afraid for my child. But when the time came, and Gabriella sounded her trumpet, he was ready. And poor Catherine had a sneezing fit <laughs> during the ceremony because he was rushing to get there. He was one of the first. I was proud. Imagine I, Reginald, Prince of the Reptilians, I was proud and filled with love as I still am. My son and all the others are now with Mother Father God. Many have been taken to the healing chambers Many are being trained and taught to love. They're being taught about the history of our race, the history of your race, and the possibilities that lie ahead for us. They are being patiently cared for patiently taught. It is a wondrous thing, this love. It is a wondrous thing that Mother, Father, God have created. It is a wondrous thing that you have created. 
and I am honored to be here to tell you the story. I have taken much of your time. I will now give this line back to our dear friend Anne and let her answer her questions of the people who call. I do apologize. I have taken much of your time. But if there are those who wish to ask questions, I would be happy to have a conversation with them. Thank you, Reginald. And don't apologize. This was a a revelation to all of us. Um, We're learning history. It, It is such a a valuable um so glad this is here and preserved so others can hear it and understand um where we have been and get some sort of an idea of where we are going um now that we are free to be our very own selves um as father god had said um you will be in your right minds now um <laughs> Reginald, I would like to ask you a question that is uh, coming to me from many of our, um, I don't like to say listeners, I like to say our family members because we're all so closely bonded in these calls and and messages. People are concerned about the projects that, that were underway uh, that even though your reptilians have left, um, the structures, the projects are still playing themselves out. I'm talking about the um, the Syrian problem right now, and also a threat of some something going to happen on the East Coast that is strictly. I don't expect it to happen, but the people are. Hearing about it, it must have been a project that um, has been left, um, and the minions below that really are good people, but and thought they were doing things right, just like they did in fighting wars. They're still there, playing out their roles. How will how will that unwind uh, and get us back to uh, real peace again? Uh, how can I describe this to you? We, the reptilians and those we taught, mm-hmm. are very uh, dependent upon the structure that we lived with. We had a hierarchy that was very... Um, well, you would call it rigid. We depended upon our leaders. We looked up to our leaders, and we were good at taking orders. We were very good at taking orders because it's what we stood for. So those we trained are also very good at taking orders. They live for the project, whatever the project might be. They work hard. They 
see themselves as the cog in the wheel that makes the engine run. Now the leaders are gone. The cogs will try to keep doing their job for a while, but they will feel lost. They won't know what to do. And they are not trained to think for themselves. They are not trained to design new projects. They are not trained to take over far from it. Those who are in the lower levels are like the foot soldiers. The foot soldiers do not create the war. They might continue following their sergeant for a little while. But if the sergeant gets no orders, What are they to do? Their project will grind to a halt. They might continue to um, push the papers around, um, drive their vehicles for a while, produce their weaponry or their machinery, talk to each other, and then they will wait. They will feel isolated. They will be confused. They will have no one to turn to. And eventually they will see that no one is listening. No one is paying attention. No one is leading them. The project they gave their lives to is just a story on a piece of paper. They don't feel passion, you see. And many of them, I should say they don't feel passion the way you do. But many of them, those who have been affected by the reptilian thinking, they're beginning to awaken too. And they're being distracted. They have girlfriends. They have children. They have entertainments. It is already distracting them. It will not happen in a moment. There may be a few mm, forays, a few dust-ups. But you know... Father God has told you there are no more nuclear weapons. There will be no World War III. It is done. The Syrians have been convinced that they are enemies to one another. It will take a while for them to cool down and realize that their neighbors are not the problem those who have been loyal to the king will start to rethink their loyalty when they find that they cannot win. You know, people will remain loyal to someone who's winning. 
but they will not remain loyal to someone who loses. The rest of the world is looking very closely. Minions don't like to be looked at closely. They like to work behind the scenes. They like to be hidden. They don't like to be questioned. It's all falling apart. Your news won't permit the real story about how the troops are feeling. But they're feeling like they would like to go home. It won't be long. That's all I can tell you now, dear. Well, I am very grateful that we can hear this in your words um, because, um, as I say, people are um, still following the media. Um, I hope that soon will also cave in since they're leaders. That's, that is the big uh, impediment is the, the media um, yes. keeping the fire burning, fanning the flames. Um, and again, it's the minions in the media. Um, their leaders are gone. Um, when will that start evaporating? <laughs> Oh, it won't take long because there are plenty of people who are eager to work their way up and have their agenda heard. Mm-hmm. So it will work both ways. The ones mm-hmm. who had had been comforted by having leaders who thought they were wonderful uh, are no longer feeling comfortable while those who have a project that they would like to present to the world, who would like to see the truth, those who are enthusiastic and passionate about going places and finding out the truth, are becoming emboldened because they're no longer being threatened. They're no Uh longer being stopped. Now, when you have a story to tell and you take it to your editor and you present your story and the editor tears it into pieces and throws it on the ground, it takes you a while before you bring another story. But eventually you do. And if something has changed and your editor says, this is very bold, this is exactly what we want to do, well everything changes. Then the others hear about this. And then the stories begin to change. You will see. It will happen very soon. That is the keystone, I really believe. Um, and and that that is uh, where people look for their truth. And, uh, of course, it's not there. So these words are very encouraging. Um, Reginald, we're very grateful. Are you going to stay here with us? Um, your your um, troops have all gone home now. Are um, you going to be here with us through some of our coming times? I will for a time. I have um, 
of course, I have access to the higher dimensions. I will, I will remain to help out if I can. Mm-hmm. I am also working with my own people to help them to acclimate, to to learn, and I am taking part in it as well. I am that's wonderful. Along mm-hmm. with my people, mm-hmm. I enjoy sitting in the in the groups with the great masters, with Mother, Father, God, and with my own students who are just beginning to awaken. We are it's all. It's wonderful. Learning. I'm so happy for your race um, that this is opening up a a whole new wonderful future that you never dreamed of and will be so much more enjoyable than what you had been doing. So um, we're very grateful for your time, Reginald. And um, I see we're down to about three minutes. Perhaps um, Catherine has some closing words for us and... Um, we look forward to visiting with you uh, when when you are able. We're very grateful for your time and and your love and your energy. Thank you, Reginald. Thank you, dear. I will depart and allow Catherine to resume her conversation with you until the next time. Thank you. And we'll give Catherine a little minute here I to. I'm back. Woo! You I, did you hear any of this, Catherine? Oh, I'll have to listen to it. You're gonna no, you're gonna hear. Really. Oh, there was so much information. Oh. Oh, and we I don't want to. So little time. Yeah, oh, I know. And all these questions. Well, we I was able to ask the two important questions that people I see surfacing. Um, and that was about the Syrian conflict and about the media. And I think that uh, that covers what what I am getting as questions coming to me um, that seems to be on people's minds at this moment. So I think I think I asked enough the questions that would help everybody at this point. So I apologize. We only had like 15 minutes. Uh, less than that for questions, and um, Reginald was so good about um, giving answers that will reassure people that the existing projects that were left and how they will um, dissolve, so to speak. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Well, all right. It's it's an exciting time, that's for sure. Um, since we don't have I think we'll we'll have to plan next next Wednesday. We'll make sure we have enough time to answer mm-hmm. more questions. Yes. Does, you know, I I hope that the information that people are getting really answers a lot of their questions. I think it probably will. It, this was this was uh, an historical call um, that. Um, can be referenced to over and over again and bring people up to date as to what's where we were and where we are 
and uh, and relieve their worries about a third world war, nuclear, and all of that. He handled all of that. Uh huh. Those are the questions I keep hearing over and over, and I right. I think it's important not to even try to answer them. If people say, "Oh yes, but what if?" or "What about?" I know. No, we can't answer those questions. So we'll try next time to leave a little more time. And, well, it was, I can't wait to listen to this one. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh Okay. There's some surprises in there for you personally, Catherine. Oh, good. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) I think we've stopped recording. So, oh, we have. I don't know if people can still hear us, but let's say good night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll put our music on for a minute. Yeah, I think okay. the those on the phone can still hear. I think that's the way it kind of happens. Okay. Well, you'll enjoy the call, Catherine. Okay. Good night, <laughs> Ed. Thank you. Good night, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you so much. And good night, Jay. You have your mama back. <laughs> uh-huh. He wants to. He wants to go chase something. Ah. <laughs> good night, everyone. Okay, good night, Catherine. Thank you so much.